I have 99 things on my mind. 98 of them are Chevroy. Chevroy or Sarah Smith? <laughs> Chevroy. Mm-hmm. Because if it's Sarah Smith, you know, it's different. I need Chevroy in all her toxic power, everything. <laughs> what I destroyed the world. <laughs> and if you actually knew where he worked, you know that that was very true. I must have been joking. <laughs> Welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I'm of course your host, Bankole Mokwede. Big spoiler warning for this episode. There will be several pivotal spoilers on the latest episode of Succession. So if you ever plan on watching this show, or if you feel like you're one of those mavericks who doesn't care about spoilers, please don't listen to this episode. Come back when you've watched the episode. Yeah, we're going to talk about Succession episode 8, titled Kianti Shire. And joining me today... They are back to microdosing and tweeting about angels. It's skunk and concubine. Jibs and Ebuka Namani. How's everyone doing? I need to know how you come up with these things. Just want the episode over and over <laughs> again. How do you feel about when people spoil things for you? Are you like upset, really upset, or very fucking upset? Or very, really very fucking upset. You know what's crazy? I used to get really fucking mad. And then lately, I think it's because kind of shows I'm watching, I'm finding myself caring less and less about spoilers. Oh, uh, if you know the kind of yeah. extremes I go to personally to avoid spoilers, <laughs> if someone would like, no, I would get like I think, really fucking I think upset. I, I got the angriest I could ever get at Endgame. And then after that, I just knew I could never get Someone spoiled Endgame for you. Yeah, I saw something. Wow. Someone spoiled Logan for me. And it was like, not even like, I. someone literally put in our group chat, you know, one of those images that you click, and when you click on it, it expands. So I clicked on you, and under it was just like, so X and Logan die. I was so fucking annoyed. That's, that's exactly what they did for me for Endgame. Someone posted something, and then you clicked, and then expanded. And, oh, Endgame has been out a while, so I can even tell you guys what part is spelled. I think it was Cap picking up the hammer. Oh. So, like, sure. No, no, was it Cap picking? It was either Cap picking up the hammer or Tony dying. Yeah. And it was something really important. Obi, have you seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer? The Yugoslavimus film? I have not seen The Killing of the Sacred Deer yet. I think for as long as I've known the book, Kabuka has been shouting at me to watch that. <laughs> Finally, what did this weekend? It's, I think you should watch it. It's on Netflix now. Yes. Um, did you like it? Yeah, I liked it, but last night doesn't want to come about this episode. I have a lot on my mind. <laughs> I have a lot on my mind after this succession episode. I can't even like. So, okay. I have 99 things on my mind. 98 of them are Chevroy. Chevroy or Sarah Smith? <laughs> Chevroy. Mm-hmm. Because if it's Sarah Smith, you know, it's different. I need Chevroy in all her toxic power, everything. Gosh, she's toxic as hell, man. Okay. So I think I even tweeted this. Like, I have so many thoughts on succession, but I think like, I have no thoughts. I don't even know what to say. I feel like I have to give a quick disclaimer to, the, to our listeners. First of all, speaking of listeners, all the people who like reached out because we appeared on their like year end Spotify. Shout out to you guys, man. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah. We also like obviously got our own Spotify feedback and like those the numbers and people that are listening. That's so yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Tell your friends. Um so obviously if you've listened to our succession breakdown for I think last two months, eight episodes, we've this has essentially been these have been instant reaction podcasts. We watch the episode and we come on and we talk about it quite instantly. I, we try to obviously give it some structure and maybe t- discuss some themes in depth, but all in all, they are instant reactions. Do you know why that's a lie? 
Why? Remember the Oscars episode? <laughs> but that, that was, was a, different. That was different. That was that was a real instant reaction. That right was there. me having a breakdown <laughs> too. You were almost <laughs> apoplectic about like the the last. Ooh, the look last at you. Winner. Jesse Armstrong, you've been watching a lot of Succession, dropping in apoplectic. In the I actually chat. read books, you know. <laughs> um, all that to say is that, like, I think this might be the first time I wish we had more time to think before talking about this episode. Yeah, true. There is no structure in this episode. I have not, like, I don't have any larger thing to discuss with you guys. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll stumble across something. But, like, you know what? I'm not going to be trying to be cute about it. I'm not going to try and, like, start from somewhere else. We have to just start with the ending of this episode and hopefully, like, move okay. backwards from there. Like, just let's start with with a big. I mean, maybe you can call it a cliffhanger. Maybe you can call it a, an ending. Let's just let's just start with it. Like, so this the final scene of this episode starts with Kendall in a pool, lying on his front, holding a beer, and one by one, his two kids go into the room, leaving only Kendall in the pool, and then we get a shot from below him, which is meant to imply that he's drowning or about to drown. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean... Kendall isn't dead, so like we can wrap this up in five minutes and just wait for this. So you're 100% sure oh, about that? Yeah, Kendall isn't dead. Obia, you? Um, I don't know, you know. <laughs> I don't think he is. Like, if I were to bet, I think he's like a 60... 65, 35, 65% is not dead, 35% he might actually be dead. But like, this show isn't scared to, I don't think this show is scared to sort of kill off characters like that. It's just, yeah, I was just like, whoa. I don't don't think there's any case for Kendall being dead. Like why? The only reason they would do it is something that I actually talked to Banky about before the season started. If they started going for cheap thrills. Like there's no, there's no, What's the word? They have too much to do with Kendall I disagree. And Logan for them to kill him now. I mean, what more? What what else do they have to do with Kendall? I mean, the things I won't because I, I trust these writers, so I don't really want to question exactly um, what they can or can't do because they probably have some expansive array of thoughts that they can just bring into the season, next season, and the season after and stuff. So I don't know, man. If he's dead, if he's not dead, I don't. I. I think I'm fine whichever way because I trust the writers to just keep the story going, even though I really like um, um, Kendall. So, Obiora, I know you don't listen to episodes that you're not on. <laughs> and our last episode, we had a, a very good guest, Ipube, on. And what we did was we previewed the final two episodes of the season and what could happen. And we did discuss whether obviously it was possible for, for Kendall to die. Because on one hand, all the signs are there. It's like, I, I disagree that it would be a cheap thrill because, yeah, it could be shocking and whatever, but I think it makes sense. Story-wise, character-wise, it also makes sense that, like, a death just happens. Yeah. It only ensures that, like, a character can die when their quote-unquote story is finished. Yeah. In real life, that's not what happens. Yes. <laughs> you, you might be in the middle of a business merger and then you just die. But, like, shit just happens Yeah, Yes, it just happens. But that's not real life. That's why it's a joke. Yeah, but like, what? Yeah, this is not. What do you mean? Like, we watch shows, shows are especially a show like this. There's such a reflection of the real world. But I mean, I did say that I was like, look, the reason I and there are different arguments we can have. We can have the argument of whether he's dead yeah. from a story point of view, and okay. then also whether the show should, should kill him. Yes. 
And I said in that, on that episode that I don't think the show would kill him because like, it just seems like, why do you have this treasure trove like, of Jeremy Strong? And you're like, nah, I'm just going to throw you back into the ocean. Like, exactly. you have Jeremy Strong, you keep it. See? But also, Jeremy Strong seems like kind of person and type of actor. And there's this incredible New Yorker profile on Jeremy Strong that came out last night, which is another reason why I feel like he might be dead because like, it's just the timing of that was just very weird. And in the featurette for the birthday episode, um, Jeremy Strong was talking about the character and he was like, yes, that this episode was everything I've wanted to do for the about with the character. And Jeremy Strong, after, back to what I was bringing up the profiles, like, I was like, you know what? I've done everything that I feel like works for this character. And this character has come to a natural conclusion in my head as a, as an actor. I think it's time for me to depart this show. Like, he's not someone that can like, you know what? I have, I can win three more Emmys. So I'm interested <laughs> in this show. Like, Jeremy Strong is like, you know what? I think I've done what I can do with this character and it's time to end. So I didn't, I'm surprised because when I first, I just read it as final. I was like, yeah, this guy is dead. I didn't even oh. think of it as a cliffhanger. I didn't think of a cliffhanger because I was the opposite. I was like, yeah, Kendall's not dead. Like, what is it? You know, this is exactly how I felt in season one when the when Kendall tried the takeover with Logan and he was rushing with the helicopter and everything. I was yeah. just staring with a straight face because I knew he was going to lose. So now I'm just like, I don't think he's dead. I mean, <sighs> if it, it sort of fits the overall wider scope, then it's fine. I think these writers I trust. But I also trusted Game of Thrones writers, so... <laughs> my my thing is... Okay, first of all, even the way they did at the end, it would be a very, very, you know, sad and tragic way to go. Shallow drowning. But the reason why I don't think he's dead is because, Banky, you always try and make the point of, you know, I think you said Greg was... is the normal man's, you know, entry point into the Roy's. And you always try to put you know, project something from us into some characters in TV shows, films, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Kendall is a tragic hero. Like, I don't think the story of, I know you've told me before that Succession is in like every other show, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think the story of this show is as strong without Kendall. That's my personal feeling. Like, if he's the tragic hero of the, not even the hero, if he's just a tragic victim of the Roy family, or the first victim. Let's say he's the first son. Not the first son. Sorry, Connor. <laughs> Connor's the first pancake. I just feel like he's a central part of what the show is trying to show us. So if he wants, if he was going to die, maybe it would be, you know, the penultimate episode to end the whole show, like season well, four, episode nine. No, I don't. This season, Kendall, there are many episodes where Kendall has been on the periphery of the main storyline. Take the episode. This show is definitely going into a more political point of view, right? So let's take the episode where they pick the next president. Kendall has maybe three scenes in that in that episode at the beginning, and then when he talks with Tom, like, but the main storyline is them picking the president, mm -hmm. yeah. right? So I can definitely see a scenario where that's how that's where the show goes, and it's like, okay, the first three seasons were this battle between Kendall and the family and trying to become CEO or whatever and realizing that this company is actually very um, corrupt. And then next season is showing how, because again, this, sh this show is not about, this show is about a lot of things, but I don't think the show is about Kendall Roy and Logan Roy. Yeah. I think the show is about Waystar Royco. I think the show is about the Roys yes. and the kind of influence that this kind of conglomerates and people have on society. Do you not feel like the show is about who 
is going to take over once the dad. No, I've never. I a thousand percent. I've, I I do not care about the plot of the show. I do not care about who is going to take over. I don't care. I've never cared about that part of the show. For me, it's never been like. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in what this show says about these people. So not only like the Roy's, but who the Roy's represents in society. And the interaction between those people and, and society, be it America or the world. And maybe just like how these people behave in terms of business and family and stuff like that. I have mm-hmm. honestly never cared about who's like, obviously it works. Like I'm interested in episode by episode, but like it's not the, I don't come into every episode thinking, oh, who's like, who's going to no. be the next king? That's not really it for me. I don't care. So people complain, oh, the plot of succession is very circular or we're just doing the same thing over and over again. I like, for me personally, I've never cared about plots for this show. Soundbite. Me personally, I've never cared about plots. <laughs> well, I mean, the title of the show is called Succession, isn't it? So mm-hmm. there's a massive importance on who is going to succeed. But, but see, the thing is like, it's so, it would be so perfectly them or perfectly the show for them to name the show Succession. And at the end of the day, it's just no one gets it or they get fucked so bad that they don't even want it anymore. Let's talk about Kendall and Logan in that incredible seven minute scene. And I think, again, this just gives more fuel to the fire of like, it could actually be Kendall dying because it it gets to a point where I believe Kendall actually achieves this kind of sense of self-awareness. And what what do you think about that scene between Kendall and, and Logan? So look, my thing is, I want out. I think I thought I was a knight on horseback, but yeah, that isn't. Life's out. not knights on horseback. It's a number on a piece of paper. It's a fight for a knife in the mud. Like, I don't really know where my life goes from here. Uh, Maybe I could, I don't know, but I can't do jack shit. I mean, we spoke about this last week on how I said, I think the in-person who has actually realized how miserable they are in this sort of closed loop that they are, they found themselves in is Kendall. And I literally said last week that I think Kendall is is the one aware that he thinks he should get out because that's the only way he can ever achieve any sort of happiness in this sort of weird life that he's lived so far this scene is just brilliant man because he's trying to do that and his dad is literally saying no "No." that's so evil i couldn't get over the way he acted i don't want to give you that yeah i don't want to give you that happiness i want which is why dad is pretty fucked because he just he doesn't like he loves his kids but he loves his kids in a way that he just stop saying that please like did you hear what what's her name um, the mom said. I mean, she's episode. not the, she's not the beacon of parenthood. Yeah, I know, but like when she was like, Logan hasn't met something that he loves that he doesn't want to kick to make sure he can get back up. I don't I don't know how much. We well, not get back up, love. but come back to him. Okay, yeah, that's even worse. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he just wants to control his his kids, which is why if all his kids literally yeah ask for a buyout, he would be finished. We're like, fuck this, we don't want this anymore. I think he'd be. Um, like on the outside he'd probably be like this kids are fucked up like they fucked off like 
happy days, no more distractions. But inside, you probably feel empty. And there's no one else to control. Yeah. That sense of like power is gone. And you probably just like this hollow the, feeling. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's sick, man. He'd sort of feel so. I keep you around like a dog. Maybe I want your clothes. You can do the mail. Keep you rattling around. I can't. I tried, but I, I thought that I could change things. But I'm not as... There's things you're able to do that I can't. Maybe. Maybe. You've won. Because you're corrupt, and so is the world. Mm. Well... I'm better than you. You're, you know, I, I, I hate to say this because I love you, but you're kind of evil. Don't talk about things you don't understand. Well, you're smart, but what you've done is you, you've, you've monetized all the fucking, the, the American resentments of class and race. And I and thought I was just telling folks the weather. You've turned black bile into silver dollars. Oh, you just noticed, did you? Yeah, maybe I did. When he brought up the 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 dead waiter from yeah. um, from Shiv and Tom's wedding, I mean that was someone said someone said in a five minute scene Logan was racist, sexist, homophobic, ableist. <laughs> <laughs> he was just listening. They haven't really spoken all. about it. Um, they have, but because the one time he brought it up with Logan, it was like I think it was season two, definitely. It was like no, 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 don't worry about it. No real person mm-hmm. involved, right? And he literally brought it back this time mm-hmm. and he used it as a weapon against Kendall to just completely discombobulate the guy and just, yeah, because if Kendall can't leave and he's just stuck in this miserable, terrible situation, what, what else can he do? Like what other outlets does he have? Which is why I think there's actually a possibility why, um, that he might have died at the end. Yeah, I mean, in that conversation, there are two allusions to Logan's death, which is just, I think, just incredible. Like, I don't know if it's ironic foreshadowing. It's like... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think about the scene? First of all, I think in any other world that doesn't have Jeremy Strong's performance from this season, Brian Cox would have got an Emmy. <laughs> like, that, that scene would have solidified his Emmy for this year. You know Brian Cox was supposed to be Hannibal Lecter, right? He was Hannibal he Lecter. Was. You know, he was Hannibal Lecter. Yes, he was. He was. Get me my father brains. Okay, you need to listen to our episodes because we've had this discussion before. We literally had a discussion, yeah. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if maybe you stop listening to episodes at 1.5 speed. Maybe actually listen to the episode and what's going on. Anyway, it's an incredible Brian Cox performance. I think he, if we're looking for like quote unquote who wins that scene, I think he definitely wins that scene. But from a Ken- from Kendall's character's point of view, I think it's you're right that yeah, I think the birthday episode definitely gets into a, a level of self awareness that none of the other characters really can achieve, and he's also he's also kind of not giving up, but he's like yeah, this I can't fight this battle, and I he calls himself a good guy, and I genuinely believe that he believes he's a good guy, and honestly. I think in the world that he's in, he is a good guy. I think in a world that has the people that it has, 
Like he's a good guy. Yeah, it, it's interesting for him to die at a point when he has achieved this kind of self-awareness. Well, again, he wanted two billion and like a podcast network. I'm just going to circle back and say, can we not say that Logan loves his kids, please? Because he literally called his grandson in front of his son. Yeah, hey, I was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't want to defend Logan. Beyond fucked. But like, if he knew that if he was poisoned, Kendall would not have allowed his son. Yes, to but like, it. you would test it on your grand. Colin Bluff. No, that's <laughs> kind of relates to last week as well, where. Shiv was like, you spied on this guy's kids. Like for these guys, Logan and Roman in a way, they don't have any, they don't have any filter. They don't have any limits. They will go to, (laughs) they'd go to any end to, because I don't think Shiv or Kendall ever consider like poisoning dad. Yeah. But I think if the dad was in Kendall's shoes, (laughs) he might give it a thought. It's one of those things where for you to even consider it, you must be pretty sick as well. Exactly. Roman even tells him, um, wear a stab vest. Yeah. But um, again, you asked me earlier about what I think about the the scene. And I think for someone who wanted something, which goes back to maybe, I don't know, his desperation or his lack of care or just maybe his bad business tactics but someone wanted something there are some things that he said to Logan that he just shouldn't have said don't antagonize the person you're kind of asking two billion for from maybe don't call him a bad person or an evil person at the same time you're asking him to pay you off for two billion I think Logan's retort I mean when he says um oh you just you just noticed that did you like that's just incredible line reading from from Brian Cox I'm just like You've been part of this. Like, did you just have this awakening? And I think he did. I think Kendall just had this awakening. You know, whenever two people are talking, the comparisons to heat always come up. And I was thinking about this season and the structure of heat in the sense that um, Logan and Kendall have the phone call in the first episode. Then they meet in the fourth episode at Josh's Island. And then they meet episode eight, which could presumably be the end. It's like they met three, they had interactions three times this season and it's just it's very similar to the Pacino De Niro um, structure of heat not everyone can live this life I'm a great revolutionary a bit of fucking spice a bit of fun fun a bit of truth okay truth okay I fucking know things about the world or I wouldn't turn a buck Maybe. Not necessarily nice things. Look, whatever. Let me out. Okay? Pay up and let me out. I don't want to be you. I'm a good guy. Yeah, I I feel bad for Kendall because I think in the end he thought he was a good person and he thought he was he was <laughs> trying to fix the company in the end. There was a lot of pompousness he definitely had selfish reasons and everything but i do think like he he thought he could be that knight on horseback and he thought he could he could fix the company i think but it was just they're playing on a different a different game to him they're not on his level or rather he was not on their level i think all characters sort of there's this struggle internal struggle within all characters between you know this corporate dog eat dog mentality you know 
evil sort of person who is playing the game and who has to win and to win you need to step on other people and i think there's this other side of all the characters who sort of genuinely cares for um their wives their partners their children their siblings and it's especially in that sort of like corporate world and in the world that logan has raised his kids in you need to we only want side one we don't want side two at all and his kids because they're always looking for their dad's um sort of validation they always seem to escalate that first side and suppress that second side and they're just not their dad so when someone like kendall is trying to you know elevate that second side and sort of because i think that's sort of what he thinks is like he's a good person that he actually has some sort of moral um some morals to himself but at the same time he's like what he's killed a guy hasn't he because he just couldn't he couldn't help himself Mm. addiction is a serious issue okay (laughs) what kind of of after school special was that that, where'd that come from um yeah i mean look we're gonna talk about kendall a bit definitely we're gonna talk about kendall whichever way the story unfolds in the finale can you believe people actually thought the season was dead what do you mean who thought the season was dead no people were like oh this season is slow nothing is happening this has been uh, yeah but again that that's back to it these are people that one might just be objectively stupid which is fair but also (laughs) it's people that come looking for plots people come no, not not plot. People come looking for moments. Damn. People come okay. looking for I didn't know this big stepped into the big explosion. This big wow! Did you see that? That when that is plot. You, you niggas are not are not self righteous at all. No, because plot is the entirety, though, isn't it? No, no, not necessarily. <laughs> but people come looking for like is how almost after every episode of Succession, I say a lot happens episode, but literally nothing happened it's difficult to talk about it because that's what succession is it's that's what it is it's a lot of meandering until you get to the point but if you come looking for like to advance the plot and to oh this this character is this much closer to the throne or, yeah that's what i'm saying yeah we're saying the same things like sort of like these big big moments this I like said you guys are stupid i <laughs> i have said it in private i have not said that publicly in the podcast and i choose not to say it and i'm supposed but, to be a pretentious one you know what sometimes i choose to be pretentious but speaking but actually this episode was very much an episode on, on, of one-on-one conversations. And obviously, we've already spoken about the conversation between... Which is where succession is best, in my opinion. Between Logan and Kendall. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think... Let's talk about Shiv. Let's talk about Shiv and Lady Caroline Collingwood. I don't even... Let's talk about Shiv, full stop. <laughs> Tuscany, man. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scene. Unlike you, I'm trying not, I'm trying to at least keep the balance of this podcast. Oh, balance. This, balance, this podcast can be like... We can't just be cancelled. What do you mean cancelled? I said let's unlike, talk about Shiv. Unlike Roman, I, I, I am a radical feminist. <laughs> hashtag. Um, that was good writing, by the way. Yeah, and what I thought was going to be the most heartbreaking scene of the episode for me, um, the conversation between Shiv and Lady Caroline. Should we just enjoy a fag? Not do any sniping for a bit? Or have you come to get some attention? Me? Attention from you? Oh, no. That ship sailed long ago. Yeah, I might have been a bit of a spotty mother, but you've been a shitty daughter, so. You weren't a spotty mother. You were just an absence. Well, I'm fine. I feel, because this 
this this is the first time when we're seeing some I don't want to say some kind of depth into the moms. Like we we already know she's like, you know, not she's not number one top mom, you know what I'm saying? So it's, I think she's sort of re, you know, reconciling within herself that she she's not a good mom and I think she sort of made peace with that and she's just trying to live her best life now by marrying this leech. Peep Torrance. <laughs> the great Peep Torrance. I was 10, Mom. I was a fucking kid. You were 13. And you knew how to twist the knife. You knew then and you know now. And I might cry. Oh yeah, where's the onion? You were quite a piece of work. You were my onion. You are my onion. Yeah, well, you're my fucking onion. Truth is, I probably should never have had children. You've made the right decision. Some people just aren't made to be mothers. I should have had dogs. I was really trying to, and it's only just coming to me now, but I was trying to figure out the thematic connection between those two conversations, between Logan and Kendall, and between Shiv and Lady Caroline. And I just, again, just spitballing an instant reaction. I think it really comes to these guys, the guys being Lady Caroline and, and Logan, are really trying to convince themselves and, by extension, the, their children that their actions were the best for the children. Logan is, says, um, "You make a mess, and I you make a mess, and I, yeah, exactly. You make a mess, and I clean it up, and I'm the bad guy." Mm-hmm. And Lady Caroline is like, "Look, I left you with your dad because that was what was best for you in terms of you're going to get the shares, and it was best for your future, and you had the chance to." And I think again, Logan is like, "You've been part of this company for how many years? Are you just realizing now?" And 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 Lady Caroline is like, "You had the chance to be close to me, but yeah. you chose your dad." So I think it's obviously their way of justifying. Just to find their actions and stuck between a rock and a hard place, man, with two shitty parents. It's just not what you want, is it? It's it's the structure of that scene is just so incredible. And I think like I think Caroline mentions her mother, like my mother my mother will be rolling in her grave. And I think Shiv kind of sees that, oh, okay, maybe this is maybe she's having an emotional moment. Let me try and help her. And she, she mentions that Roman is worried about Pip Torrance's character, Peter Monion, and then it's just they slowly try to become closer, but then you just keep on. It's like magnets that have the same same polarity, and as much as put them together, just keep on um, going off. And the fact that Lady Caroline is putting blame on a thirteen year old for the breakdown of the relationship between a daughter and, and a mother is just ah, it was like okay, okay, Caroline. And obviously, in true Roy Kid fashion, that spurs. Shave to go and have a child of our own because the chips on their shoulders only only grow bigger. Having a kid out of spite is a new one. A new <laughs> one. Then, and then I, I, I can't believe that Shave was like I was ten, and her mom was like, "Actually, you were thirteen. <laughs> so so Shave is like, you know what? Well, fuck you! I'm going to prove you wrong. And she goes to Tom and says, "Let's have a kid." Oh my goodness! What an uncomfortable seven minutes. Uncomfortable. That was, oh yeah, man. That was just. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see 
Banky, by the way, that whole monologue where he was spitballing and shit, his eyes were closed and he was pulling threads in the air like Tony Stark. It was crazy. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. It's a, compl- it's a compliment. Like his eyes were closed. He was like, yes, with this connects to this. Yeah, because it was, I was the theory was coming to me in real yeah, time. It was crazy. It's a compliment. Okay. Anyway, um, so are we talking about the scene between? Let's Shiva let's Tom? talk about maybe maybe I know that after you said that you will leave, so let's just <laughs> talk about the scene now since that's what we're talking about. Shiva and Tom. I'm sorry, but if if Shiv comes to me, no matter how toxic he says, let's have a baby, I'm like, yes, please. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, did you see how she looked in, in, in Italy? She looked great, but like, she's she's terrible, man. Like, you know... Let's clear let's clear the room. I think Ibuka is calling ISO. Yeah, Ibuka, just go. <laughs> go on. Talk about this scene between Tom Obi, and I don't understand why you're pretending like you care that shit. First of all, nah, I, when Banky told there. me to get on the episode, I was like, cool. But like, once I saw Shave in that blue dress, I don't remember anything that happened after that. And then my brain woke up again with the scene with Tom. She looked good in the episode though, yeah. But yeah, man, like, I don't know. I don't know what people, I was, I came to the timeline and I was seeing people tweet about, oh, Tom, poor Tom this, poor Tom that. And I was just thinking, you know, because at this point I hadn't seen the, him coming back to shave. I was thinking, I think he enjoyed himself. Like, that's what he wanted, isn't it? But that's not, that's not what he wants, though. But, <laughs> but the thing is that he knows these things. He knew these things. And then now... He, that's the thing. Like, he knows, deep down, he knows that his wife, whatever the hell she is, does not respect him or love him. <laughs> Wait, okay. So are we just, we're just accepting that, like, Everything she said in that moment was true. She doesn't love him. She doesn't respect him. I think, I yeah, think I was just like, there were wow. some things that were really, really flagrant. And then some things I think are okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I mean, I don't know. Like, oh, for people who... Be, I, I have not... Either luckily or unluckily, I don't know. But I've not been involved in that kind of sexual relationship where you get off by saying know. mean things to each other, right? And I, can I just mention that, like, we've been doing this podcast and Ibuka has been somewhere else and then we come to this shifting and Ibuka is, is glued in. Like, lights up like a Christmas yeah, tree. I just you remember know. when Mike told happy. me that like, if Shiv came to me and told me you're a poor, broken nigger who's not good enough for me, fuck me. Oh my no God. One's gonna, no one's going to believe that. You can't you can try. <laughs> that just, you need to make that a little bit, a little bit believable, man. That, yeah. that is just ridiculous. <laughs> you, you see, he said it on purpose because he knows no one. No, knows. you can try and take your own Guys. That your own just, fantasies I can't, nobody's gonna believe that I said that like I don't if you said it was me that said that <laughs> that'd be a bit more believable <laughs> not bunk if we said Shiv and Tom let's do Shiv and Tom seriously now like no jokes about how good Shiv looked blah 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 but bro Shiv I'm deleting that <laughs> censoring that Dan we get the Sarah Snook episode and she would okay. not come on definitely not with Ibuka on there okay now let's so let's talk about this okay seriously in that moment, Shiv is saying mean things for their sexual yes. experience, right? Yeah. Do we think that that's 100% what she believes? I know it's confirming what people think, so everybody wants yeah. to accept that. But like, yeah. Absolutely. No, because it's, you know how like it's actions uh, speak louder than words? We've seen the actions, yeah. and the words are just sort of justifying the actions. I mean, but, I believe that she believes that but, she's, she's hotter than... Tom. Didn't, didn't and Tom is punching, which everybody knows. Yeah. But do we actually all think that she doesn't love Tom? I think she loves Tom, but I also think she could have said those things because she tried to get Tom to talk to her a certain way, and Tom said, "Ah, you know, why don't you do it?" Yeah. So what if she wants Tom to fuck her a certain way, and she's trying to rally him? No, up? but like, oh my goodness! But you're even going too far to rationalize it. It's not as if like 
it was a surprise to Tom. Yeah. Tom knew, they've obviously done this before. Like, Tom knew what was going on. She said that she was like, it's sex Vegas. Like, yeah, it wasn't like, exactly. they knew that they were saying mean things. Because she was later, she's like, you can't just ask someone to say mean things to you and then you take it later in yeah. context. Like, if, <laughs> if you call your girlfriend a fucking slut <laughs> and then later she's like, why did you call me? I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I thought we were doing something there. <laughs> oh my, what is, what is going on right now? No, but she's like, wait, again, on one hand, I can be like, she can be like, well, I thought we were being mean to each other. Why are you bringing it out? Well, obviously, on the hand, Tom is very insecure. And we know why he's insecure, because we've seen how she acts sometimes. So, yeah. But I don't, I think there's some truth to it, but I still don't think, like, it's entirely, because again, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. She can have whoever she wants. <laughs> this brings up a good question, though. Like, Banky said, you know, calling someone a fucking slut, like, is a thing people do. Yeah. But what is the other way around? Like, what, can a woman, you know, call a guy or like? Please. I'm not having this conversation no. on this podcast. I don't know what this is. So like, you know, you know how last week on the, on on Twitter they were putting that podcast of the guys that were talking about women's hair. I didn't see it. Oh, see it. some guy talking about that women's was so fa- funny, fav- man. favorite hairstyle. Yeah. Everyone was like, "This is that was so awesome. funny." Like, you want to put our own? I'm like, "This is." I'm not putting. No, I'm not, okay, no. wait. Listen, like everyone's like, "Okay, Shiv was telling Tom she doesn't love him." Blah blah. But what can a woman, you know, tell you and be like, you know? This is dirty talk. I, I, I honestly think Tom was overreacting. <laughs> I was, nah, I, I nah, just nah. Tom was overreacting. Yeah, man. Tom was over. It was a crazy for night. The, for the context, yeah. I think Tom was overreacting. It was a crazy Tom, night. Tom is a sweetheart and a sensitive guy. Yeah, I love Tom. I grew, I just think like in this particular thing, I think, look, again, I could be wrong. And I know a lot of people are on the side of like what Shiv said is the truth and everything. and Because that's what people want to believe. And, in this case, I just feel like I don't know. I don't think you tell. No, the reason why the reason why he's upset about it is because there have been preceding actions that sort of sort of justified what he heard the night, like that at that time. Okay, what did like, you want to hear then, you guys? I'm still asking this question. What else did you want to hear apart from something else? You know, you're not good enough for me. That's why you want me. Something. So fuck something me like this else. is the last time you're gonna fuck me. This. I I. <laughs> What do you what what do you tell your what do you tell your what's the Titanic and draw me like your friend? What do you tell your friend? What tell you? <laughs> oh, the point is, I'm actually trying to make a fucking serious point. Uh, like, <laughs> just... I was gonna go on a break now, but it's make left my fucking mind now. Gosh, because all you're thinking about is Shiv. <laughs> okay, no, okay. Look, does Shiv think lower of Tom than Tom does of her? Yes. 100%. Yeah. No argument there. Mate, Shiv proposed, well, an open relationship on their wedding night. Yeah, that's yes, We're not having, like, we've had, I agree with all of that. 100%. Can you imagine if Shiv married a Yoruba man? You would have jumped on the opportunity. Can you imagine, like, the guy was like, fuck, I made a mistake. And then she just, like, <laughs> But to me, does Shiv love Tom? Yes. Mm-hmm. I Maybe think so. she loves him in a way that she wants to control him. But also, in that, when she says, I don't love you, but I do love you. Yeah, that was... I didn't understand that. Same. And I didn't know, like, maybe she was what referencing each the, love meant. Maybe she was referencing the sex thing. I don't love you, but I do love you. It's like how... Maybe not to, like, that sort of weird extent like Logan, but I think it's like how Logan loves... No, it's not. His kids. It's not. <laughs> also, she wouldn't say that to him if that was the truth. Like, Logan will not tell his kids, I don't love you, but, like, I love... Like, it, it definitely meant something else. But I don't know. Again, part of the reason why I wish we had more time to talk about to think about this episode before we spoke about it. 
Obi-Wan Ebuka, as we, as we go on in this podcast, I'd like you to know that I don't care about successes anymore. I just want, I just want to know why you're failures. Jeez. That's, that's all that interests me. Success is too easy. Yeah, success is too easy. How many, how, how many failures? What are your worst failures? We don't need that guy's a full-on fucking psychopath, man. We don't need 100 listeners. We need an episode of zero listeners. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> We've had them. <laughs> oh, no. Fuck off. <laughs> Am I being serious? Am I not? You can tell from the pain in my eyes. Anyway, let's talk about Roman, man. Can I just say, I mentioned this earlier regarding Brian Cox, but again, in a world that did not have Matthew McFadden's performance this season, I think Kieran Culkin would have won his Emmy by now. Like, he would have secured an Emmy for this season by now because, Jesus Christ, Roman is... So, so, so good, man. Kieran Culkin's acting is so handsy and so like the way he moves his hands whenever he's in fit like whenever something happens he's always in just physical pain he's like he, he acts with his entire body it's just, like he has his hands behind his it's just the way he does his face the way he sort of like crouches he's done some incredible stuff this, this season um Obi, i don't talk about his his conversation with scars guy yeah so they sort of realize like oh something is a bit wrong here um roman jerry logan and the lot Mm. Sort of realized that like, oh something's wrong here with um Gojo. So basically, which is just another this show just loves showing you these guys how wealthy these guys are. Mm-hmm. So does he take a a car, a PJ? I think it was the and- PJ first. Or was it a helicopter? Or was it a helicopter? Helicopter. Well, it was a heli boat. as well, actually. Helicopter <laughs> then boat. Yeah. And the boats, yeah. Um just Tuscany just looks fucking beautiful, man. Um and he goes to meet Skarsgård and just like, oh, what's going on here? I thought we had a deal. And it's just like, uh, maybe not. And I think like, I don't want to be acquired. I want it to actually be a merger. So that's sort of like the, you know, long story, short, short summary of how it goes. But I just sort of realized like how the guy, he likes reading people. I think he's supposed to be like some Elon Musk kind of figure. The way he trolls on Can't Twitter. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's no, I think, I think the guys, I think the guys we have, because Elon has something, doesn't he? Asperger's? Oh, I think he's on the spectrum. I don't think this guy's on the spectrum. I think this guy is just like a regular just, asshole. Yeah, just like Intel. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think this guy is who Roman would have been if Roman did not like wasn't born rich. Like this guy became if Roman became, I think this is who Roman would have been. Like, what does he say? That like, he wanted. Everything to be perfect. So now he's like sleeping on, on the campaign, yeah. campaign mattress waiting to perfect. Yeah. So like, yeah. So yeah. Okay. The, the trolling on Twitter thing is very musky. Yeah. I think that, that, that part is musky. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, look, you guys know this podcast is the right podcast. If you want someone to just like gush about the brilliance of actors or whatever, the way Skarsgård is playing this character, because Skarsgård is like a six foot five, six yeah. foot six kind of guy. He looked massive. He's quite big, Roman. but like, He's slouching a lot. Yeah, I realized that as well. He's wearing kind of like baggy clothes. So he's like, he's, this guy is not a muscular Thor figure. Like this guy is not... Is it the same one that played Thor? or diff- No, not Thor. Tarzan. Or yeah, this is the same one that played Tarzan. I swear. Yeah. Oh, wow. So he's wearing baggy clothes. So he doesn't look as muscular as Skazan actually is. I didn't fully understand what he meant when he was saying, oh, I wanted things to be done equally and everything. I thought he was on some fake like socialist... Right, like you know how we said Kendall was fake feminist. I thought he was on. Yeah. I didn't know that what he meant, which is obviously what Roman interpreted, which was correct. 
which speaking of, I think we've seen Roman do this before. He says that he knows how to read people and he's correct. Like he does this in season two when he's like, look, these world form guys are, are bullshitting and yeah. everything. I think yeah. Roman goes into that meeting thinking he's about to he's about to kill the the, go, yeah. the Gojo deal and everything yeah. like which is the, the good part of, of Roman, the good business part. Should we talk about the bad part? <laughs> the bad part of Roman. He's <laughs> he's gone so so crazy this last few episodes. It, it's so incredible because one, it tracks. This is not like because this are, we know Roman would do this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Also, the way it happened is like so. I have made that mistake. <laughs> oh no! No, no, obviously not. Not that mistake. <laughs> not that mistake. I have made the mistake of like you want to send a message and you swipe up to swipe on that message. And you send that, like I, I'm, I don't subscribe to to dick pics. Um, but that's a whole different podcast. Why? Why would God? I need to tag this podcast explicitly. Why would he need to even send a dick pic through iMessage? How? Because he's a weirdo, man. Because iMe- <laughs> iMessage has the best, um, <laughs> best video, best picture quality. Send it on Snapchat. How do you want to send it on WhatsApp? WhatsApp reduces no, quality. No, man, Snapchat. Tell, you think you think Roman Jerry. and Jerry have Snapchat? Did you hear what Logan said? She's a million years old. <laughs> she doesn't have Snapchat. You see, that could, um, even, that could even be a perfect solution. He just gets a dead username that no one has and just sends his dick pics. Yeah, but why does he need to do this? <laughs> no, you're you're speaking as you're speaking for someone that has shame. Roman does not have shame. <laughs> like Jerry told him to stop saying that. He's still like Roman does not have shame, so he doesn't he doesn't need to hide it. I don't even understand. But like, yeah. So for me, when she sent him a text, right, and the camera pans to Logan sending him a text. I was like, oh, oh, this is this is hundred percent happening. That was that was brilliant filmmaking. I was like, this guy, this guy is hundred percent sending a dick to his dad. But then when it happened, I screamed so loudly, <laughs> and my housemate came out. I was like, what happened? And I, I, I had to explain that someone on the show I was watching just sent a dick pic to, to their dad, and she's like, what show? And I was like, Succession. And in that moment, I saw on her face like she was like, what kind of filth are you watching? Like it was, I couldn't explain to her what show this was. <laughs> This is again the brilliance of this show in the sense that this happens. And I'm like, oh, this is something hilarious and funny. Yeah. On the hills of Roman being so high and doing this good thing. And I thought that was gonna be it. Same. I did not expect the escalation that happened from this thing. Oh yeah, what are your thoughts on this scene? Was that, that was... a bit of PTSD for you from the from the... <laughs> <laughs> No. Um uh... <laughs> listening to... listen to... She's probably listening to this. Yeah. She's she'd be like laughing right now. Um that was, was brilliant, man, because it was just, it was, <laughs> Roman has like done a great job and it's just like, he just can't help. I don't know if like, he's got a weird, like you can see he's definitely jealous of like Jerry and his, and her new squeeze. The, he's supposed to be like some ex-DOJ guy, isn't he? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Haven't they and done something similar in Succession? I'm thinking of a different show where when someone gets a win, oh, it's Tom in it, where he's like, anytime Shiv does something powerful or something, he wants to fuck her. I think it was like two episodes. Oh, ago. that was at the AGM. Yeah. But that was just because he was trying to impregnate her. <laughs> okay. Anyway, continue. <laughs> because I do get it though. Like, Reason of the yes, I just secured this deal. Not to send a dick pic. To have sex. <laughs> that was very quick. <laughs> you were very quick to, to explain yes, your stance there. Because I get it. No, no, I, I mean, get it. what I was saying like, it tracks. It tracks with Roman's character. Yeah, of course. Roman would, in this moment, when he's just secured a win out of literally nothing. It's big, like big one. And Jerry out of the blue sends it like well done. It's like, okay, yeah, do you want to eat my dick? 
And it's like, so it, it tried, but then earlier you were saying, so we cut you off. Yeah, I was sort of like, I mean, just sort of um, skidding outwards from dick pic moments. I was a bit surprised that Logan kind of thought um, Emerger, let's go for Emerger then. Mm-hmm, let's get mm-hmm. in the meeting and let's go for Emerger. I was a bit like, I was quite surprised that he'd seed up power like that because they're going to dilute their shares a lot, aren't they? Because it's basically yeah. going to be half well, I half, think- um, half controlling power now. And I think, I think Skarsgård is sort of... Like Logan is old, and I think he wants to sort of take over that. Yeah, he's he's going to fuck them in season four. Yeah, he might have some weird um, motivations on his own. I've been from last episode. I've been surprised that R- Logan was even happy about this Gojo deal because Logan is also one who particularly likes tech deals. Yeah, from what we know. Yeah. So I was very surprised about that from from the last episode. But I guess he explains in this episode to um, Sandy Girl and Stewie about how <laughs> Sandy Girl. They are literally about to get fucked. Like they need, I think they really need this deal. Otherwise, he sees them five or ten years being out of the out of the business. Blockbuster. Yeah, exactly. So I think, and also I think it's his pride. He thinks like, okay, yeah, I can say equal, but in the end, like, I'll fuck you. I'm the dog. I'm the big dog. Yeah. Let's like, come on. I don't. I don't. I don't think he knows who who is going to um, into the table. What he he has that brilliant line, which is just. Incredible. He was like, I can knock any boxer out, out. or I, I don't know how to deal with a clown. I'm just like, <laughs> this is just like, what? Jesse Armstrong, what? It's just like, so I think he believes that if you, no matter what kind of businessman you are, mm-hmm. if you are a businessman, I can win. Right. But if you're a suicide bomber, then I don't know what to do. <laughs> but then, just the way he goes, like, I need five minutes when he gets that, that text from, from Roman. I was like, why does he Wait, get so whoa, angry? okay. I mean, it's quite. What? It's quite unsettling now. No, but like, yeah, unsettling if you need five minutes to recover from seeing your son's dick, but to get angry about it. <laughs> Are you asking why Logan got angry that he just got a picture of his dick from his son? He he gets angry because I think at first he's like, what the fuck is this? And then I think he gets angry. He's like, he says later, he's like, I do not like things happening that I don't know about. Yeah. So it's very like, it's like, what is this? Roman's a big boy. So no, if Roman had told him like, oh no, it's just a joke. Yeah. Or if he had convinced, because it was like, oh, it's just like fuck up. It's just like a, a crude joke. Logan was more willing to just take that. It's just a crude joke. He, what is this? Are you a sicko? Like, it's like a lot of things just doesn't, it doesn't sit right with Logan's brain. Again, he was someone that is probably fucking his secretary that is 50 years younger yes, than him. That was, that was so ironic, man. It's good to bring that up. So, like, let's not even talk about that. What's extremely funny? When Logan asks Roman if he's a sicko, he doesn't even ask him if he's a sicko because. Of his attraction to Jerry, he asked him if he's a sickle because he's sending a dick pic. Like it's no, not because... I used, no, I, I don't think so. I so think, you think? I think he's the Jerry of it all. <laughs> I think it's because he sends a dick pic. Ah, oh, Briar Cox, man, his reaction is, is that the first so time he's shout like he's called any of them like a Nigerian dad. Like um, he screamed Roman's name. It's the first time, yeah, because because she's reaction is incredible when she goes like Jesus, like. I wouldn't be surprised if that was like an athlete. <laughs> when he screams Roman, right? Yeah, that like Shave was meant to just walk up screen and he shouts like Roman and then like that Shave, that was actually Sarah Snooker reacting to like Jesus because like, yeah, it's like an agenda. <laughs> well, like just... calling someone from two rooms away. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Cox has the most perfect confused face. It's like when you're just looking like, what? why? It's like when um, Tom, Tom ate his chicken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? 
Oh my, he's oh his line deliveries and it's just yeah. it's like you know oh fuck up oh it's so incredible. And then yeah, what you said about Roman's acting, that whole scene, like the way from the point where the phone gets the notification, yeah, the, he's the, just the like, way he behaves for the whole. Uh, yeah, Kieran Culkin is like, I don't. He's not getting enough credit for his performance as I would like. Everybody's just talking about Martin McFadden. Fair enough, he's he's doing great stuff, but Kieran Culkin is acting with his entire body. It's just so beautiful to watch and I'll be interested to see his reaction if for example Kendall is dead um, because again he would have played a major part in that happening okay but okay, yeah no I'll go ahead be, no I was going to say like why did so does this mean that when Roman refused to sign that letter in the middle of the season it was because it was going to be a win for Shiv or did he actually care about Kendall Okay, so we obviously alluded to this last time we were talking about how yes. the show makes you believe somebody is is good and then pulls you under the rug. I think mm-hmm. you can say, yeah, it's going to be a win for, for Kendall. But there's something, for Shiv, but there's something that's happened that nobody's actually talking about. Something that happened between then and now. And it's when Jerry tells him, always think about how would this benefit you. I think to me, I think that's, and I think Kieran Culkin went, probably preparing his character for this season. I think that's the moment when, like, the brain switches from mischievous to killer. He's, he goes from tattoo man, which is it's a joke. It's a 24-hour news cycle thing. Like, it will, yeah. not, it will not last more than 24 for theater hours, right? To something that is, like, literally cutting you off at the knees. Like, I think that's when... Because even the way he consumes that formation from Jerry is like, oh, okay, like, this is my mom giving me, like, serious, serious advice. Again, that scene when when Shiv tells him, like, I think that's 100% him. Because if you watch it, like, he goes to the corner. Again, he's acting. You just see him, like, he bends in the corner. You can see he's in physical pain at the fact of that he can write this letter to his, yeah. to his, to his brother. He's in the, like, you just see Kieran Cochran in the corner, just, like, sitting down on the ledge, just bending down. So I think that was all. I don't, I don't think he ever wanted to do that. But I think as the season went on, as Kendall became more of a threat, as his power, as Roman's power became more emphasized in terms of Logan. He got to speak with the president. Yeah, Logan, the closer they are to the power, to the son, that is Logan, the more bitchy everyone becomes, right? So I think as his pop became bigger, as Jerry's words became louder in his ears, he became more evil. And the yeah. even his haircut this episode is different. And I, I, yeah. I didn't know what I was meant to signify. Oh, but speaking of haircuts, I really like Kendall's. The bus cut. Yes. Yeah. Very, very, very nice. You should have done that a long time ago. Congratulations, Greg. Yeah. Punching above your weight. Oh, Comfrey? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like her. I like her. I do wonder... Is there depth there? Like, is, I don't, is there substance? Depth? Oh, my God. A man dying of thirst is suddenly a mineral water critic? Does Comfrey not sate your lust for wisdom, Greg? It's such a shame Sontag's not still alive. You can take her to the drive-thru. Earlier, I mentioned how the episode was an episode about one-on-one conversations. But I cannot tell you how much I was dying in that conversation between Tom, Greg, and, and Shiv. Like, it was just so great because I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen Shiv interact with Greg as yeah. like, almost an equal, like a friend. Like she's like, the moment when he goes to give her her drink and then she has this look of, ooh, like, like Comfrey just killed everybody. Everybody's like, oh, Greg. He's like, Gregory. 
Is that you guys? I can't see a situation. Obviously, no, actually, I won't mention that. It's too, it's too Twittery. I don't, I don't like going into Twitter, Twitter. But anyway, um, oh my god. But yeah, so I think Tom's line of um, the man dying of thirst is now a mineral yes. water critic <laughs> was just incredible. So, uh, <laughs> no, but you, um, you know why? Why it's so funny? Because Greg, in any other circle, considering his wealth and his proximity to the Roy's can probably, you know, do all right for himself. I don't understand this whole thing about Comfrey being sort of his league. league. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Is- I, don't, I don't fully get it. Maybe she just is. Like, Greg's not particularly smooth. He's a bit awkward, isn't he? Okay, yeah, but at the same time, yeah, like, was- Greg is... Rich. Yes. <laughs> like, Comfrey is just a normal yes, working exactly. person. She's like, she lives person. in a... She's probably quite, like, she's rich for... A normal person. She yeah. probably works at top PR firm, has a good apartment in like the rich places in New York. Yeah, but like. She's not generational. Well. Yeah, he's generational. Well. Like, I don't understand this whole thing about how he's so out of your, out of, how she's so out of his league. I think they're overstating that. It's, this is again the brilliance of the Greg character because on one hand, it's, they're like, oh, Greg is like, well, I don't know if she will like me, if she knows I mean, the real me. Yeah. But at the same time, he's also being a dick. It was like, I yeah. want to, like, is it that you're afraid of how knowing the rule? You sort of step up. What is, what no, is No, it? no, no. I, I, I would advise Greg to step up. Not for the contest. Not in the same wedding that Comfrey is at. Why? And again, <laughs> dating just, ladder. Uh, well, anyway, their reaction when they see room and going to talk to Contessa, everybody's just like, oh, no, like, she doesn't know what she's signing up for. Maybe I wonder when she gets to know the quote unquote real me. Uh, will she stick around? Well, I guess either way, if it doesn't work out, she's a great date ladder. Excuse me? As, as in? Well, you know, people will see her with you, and no offense, but they'll say, what the fuck's going on there? Why is he with her? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm aware of what you're saying. Okay. It still could work for you. Date ladder. Play the date ladder game. What, a, what about her? She looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, why not? She's pretty. She is very She's pretty. She's also a princess or a duchess or something, but yeah. sure, yeah. Why, why not? Why not? We put a man on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, you guys. Kendall might be dead. Kendall isn't dead. We'll see. He's not dead. I doubt it. Yeah, I, I, just, I think he's dead, man. Jerry see the finale was shocking. Yeah, sad, yeah, they've all been saying that yeah, it's a nine are shocking, shocking. So maybe, like, maybe there's something, something I don't know. I lo- guys, I love this There's show going so to much. Be a coma. Okay, before we leave, Obira, I think we have to. We are comfortable on this podcast. I held Obira to his terrible King Richard takes before watching the movie. Okay, wait. I need to hear this. No, no, he just when he again he listened to our podcast. But when he said that like King Richard would be a bad movie. Oh yeah. So I now I also that. think we should hold Obira, I think mm-hmm. we have to hold Ibuka to his What did he say? What did he say early this time? takes? Okay. No, no, about how let, the, let me, the show was let me, bad. Let me, let said me, the show was overrated. Can, can I, I understand? Well, can <laughs> yeah. we, we have to put the, we have to put the crimes against you first okay, for you, okay. for you to okay, understand. Okay, put the crimes No, finished. You. you just said the show was bad. Okay, so basically, I will admit I didn't want to like Succession. I watched season, part of season one, and I was like, okay, this is serious Arrested Development. Oh my goodness. And it's because I was watching it, I was watching it as a drama, right? And then mm-hmm. it was almost like, Banky, you had to watch it twice. So he went through the same thing or something similar. So I 
got up to I think I finished season one and I was just like mm, yeah no and, that's not allowed you cannot finish season one and still have those opinions like I didn't I didn't you're allowed to have it for like four episodes I didn't max. feel much of the tension for example in the board meeting when Kendall was trying to rally around the votes mm-hmm. I enjoyed the episode up until the point where he's running to the because I was just like I know this guy's going to lose like what is all this I was like did they expect me to feel tense I know Logan isn't going anywhere and then season two, I really loved because I got in and I was just like, okay, let's see what the succession show is about. You know, these niggas will shut up about. And I watched it as a, almost as a comedy. And I really, really enjoyed myself so much so that I want to go back and rewatch the whole thing and decide which season or which episode is my favorite. So yeah, that's, I didn't want to like succession. So everything I'm telling you now from season three, you know, the takes are pure. All this waffle trying to, trying to defend himself. Uh, don't mind it. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's like, again, I try to, it's the tragedy of Kendall Roy, isn't it? Like, you know he's going to lose, just like, how is he going to lose? How badly is he going to lose? Like, Roman told us in the first episode, just let him, he's going to shoot himself. And I've, seen, I've seen you get fucked a lot. I've never seen. I've never seen Logan get, get fucked, fucked once. I think that's a good point to end this, to end this episode. Yeah. Um, thank you to, obviously, my co-host, Obiara Georgia Fletcher, now known as Chips. <laughs> in the rebrand the man formerly known as Obiara thank you to our producer turned special guest Ebukanamani and thank you to obviously our social producer Shedu Heji can't believe we talked so much about Succession because it's the greatest show on TV shout out to you guys all our fans all our listeners fans no that was very that was very <laughs> pompous of me thank you shout out to all our listeners and everyone who Listen to us so much that they appeared on their Spotify end of year rap list. So, yeah, man. Join us next week. Obviously, we're talking about the finale titled All the Bells Say, written by Jesse Armstrong, directed by Mark Lloyd. And of course, we'll be joined by Oscar winner, Dana Clear. Bye, guys. <laughs>